0: Hi, this is Adrienne Palicki, Lady J, from G.I. Joe Retaliation. And you're listening to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe with Greg and Jaren. Yo, Joe!
1: and welcome back to Anything Joes, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. Today on Anything Joes, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, actually. And let's start with the fact that we are going to change the format of the show a little bit. So up until this point, we've been doing multiple episodes where we've been discussing the early issues of the G.I. Joe Real American Hero run, which in my opinion is a key element in the discovering the origins of the series, understanding the original 13 Joes, and then we'll kind of branch out from there. We've had a lot of people message us, which is greatly appreciated. I mean, all feedback is good feedback, asking if that's how the show's format was going to continue going forward. And after some thought on it, we've decided to make a couple of adjustments to accommodate people that were both for the for- how we were doing things and people that were kind of leaning and looking for something different. So, effective immediately starting with this episode, we're going to attempt to go bi-weekly with our podcast episodes. And what that will allow us to do is alternate the way that we produce our content. So starting with this episode, this will be more of a relaxed fit content Type episode where we will discuss news, things that we've acquired recently, and any spillover from our previous episode because we will continue to do the comic on alternating weeks also. So, for example, if you listen to our last episode, which was on issue three of the comic, it delves into the science fiction elements of G.I. Joe. So, if there's anything that doesn't really fit in that time frame, we will kick it over here and can kind of uh, expand on it. And I think that will give us a lot of room to kind of breathe a little bit. I miss talking about the news items and kind of discussing what's going on currently in the G.I. Joe universe, but I don't want to abandon the comic series. It's not my intent to do 155 consecutive issues of the comic because (laughs) it would, I mean, it would take like six years to get through all of them. But because the primary focus of the podcast is to educate newcomers, and I include Jaren in that even though he's learned a lot already in the small window that we've done. I wanted to cover the issues specifically before new characters get introduced. And then I have an idea in my mind about some stories that take place kind of chronologically in this era, but weren't produced at the same time so we'll probably take a break look at some other stuff and then kind of dive through them in smaller patches as we go and then eventually we'll reach a point where the cartoon is uh incorporated and i want to touch on that as well and so i do want to take a moment and thank everybody that reached out to us and send you know they sent us messages and talked to us we got a lot of people asking we get a lot of people on the regular asking if we're still making episodes (laughs) um because we tend to have a you know about a 30 day break in between just regular podcast episodes and so what that was telling me was that the majority of the audience that listens had a you know a desire for more regularly created stuff and so we're going to do our best to do that we're going to i'm going to give it i'm going to give us a little bit of a leeway and say i ran the first and third week so somewhere in that time frame is where i hope to get the episodes out. And then maybe as we continue to improve our skills, it'll be a little bit more punctual, I guess is the best word for it. He's. I say that as it is 3 a.m. and we're recording this one to try to get it out as aggressively <laughs> as possible. So, And also, I guess I want to go ahead and take a moment to kind of put the call of action out early on. If you are listening to this episode and you have it, <laughs> if you have it in your heart to write a review, that really helps the algorithm. It helps us get uh, more more listeners. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you know the drill: like, subscribe, share, comment. If you're uh, a flight stewardess, maybe consider putting our YouTube channel on as the in-flight movie. Do you work at Best <laughs> Buy? Put one of our episodes on all the TVs in the episode. Are you infamous hacker Zero Cool from the 1990 documentary Hackers, starring Johnny Lee Miller? Perhaps change the public access channel to play one of our episodes. Anything that you can do that like that helps us tremendously it's not really a numbers game for us because i'm happy with a small dedicated base of people that want to engage with us but we want we do want the awareness to be out there and these kind of things help now if you heard all of that and you were like i do really like these guys but i just want don't want to do any of that uh listen it's me your best friend lazy greg i get it (laughs) if you don't want to do any of that i understand And I'll say it bluntly that just the fact that you chose to spend your time with us is something that we greatly appreciate. Uh, Otherwise, we would just be casting it out into the void. and My wife would be correct that I'm just wasting my life. So with all that said and done, uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. And the first thing we're going to start with is news items. So we haven't really talked about what's been going on recently, but there's some pretty big news that's come out in the last little bit. And the first thing that I want to talk about is the Wizards of the Coast reveal. So Wizards of the Coast revealed a new G.I. Joe digital game concept, and they show two pieces of art that are promotional images for it, I w- or behind the scenes, I guess is a better way of looking at it. So let's take a quick look at these two pieces of art, and I'm interested in getting your thoughts on it. Wizards of the Coast did a, a G.I. Joe trading card game back in 2014 as well that although I'm not really familiar with, I do rem- I know the art very well because it seems like it lives on via the internet for quite a long time. And it incorporated tons of characters that were like really C-listers, which is kind of what I like the most about it. This, on the other hand, looks like it's gone. They've really gone in a different direction, and they have been given a lot of freedom. So let's take a quick look at both of these pieces of concept art, and we'll start with the one where they're in the desert first. So let's start with the let's start with the big takeaways. That is almost certainly a his tank. That is it transforms apparently,
0: <laughs> and
1: because you can see the tank treads on the side, it has kind of the standard turret gun on top. Everything else is kind of a radical departure. And, I mean, this is not based on anything that I'm aware of, I mean, other than, you know, in the G.I. Joe Transformers crossovers, they tried to incorporate some stuff like this.
0: It, uh, it it looks somewhat like the one from the movie, if you remember how that one like, kind of came up a little bit, but still not as much. Yeah, and I think, I think even that
1: one is based off of a, a later Hiss tank design, although the movie does kind of blaze its own path, for lack of a better word. I think this is real cool. Also of note, obviously, there's snake eyes up in the air, kind of swinging at him. And as some diligent viewers observed, he has a prosthetic leg, huh? Which is wild. So that is wild. They're really, they've really got a lot of ideas that they've brought to this. And somebody has written a lot of backstory based on the, you know, the changes that are occurring just in this concept art. You I can also see there's a scarlet. In there, And if I'm not mistaken, that's I think that's a coil cycle that's been recolored. The coil cycle, of course, being the one classified vehicle that we have that came with Baroness. And then there's also a Flint figure that is on a coil cycle. As far as the characters that are off in the background that are fighting, you can't make out enough detail. But I'll, I, I mean, we would assume that those are Cobra Troopers or Cobra Vipers and not some n- mm-hmm. new enemy. You got any thoughts
0: on this as a whole? I mean, I like the art. The arts, like, I, I hope what they do, whatever they do, because there's, you know, there's not really much actual information, no solid detail, really. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever they do, I just want to see more of this art. Well, good, because you got one other piece. Let's take a look at it. <laughs> Heck yeah! <laughs>
1: so, this piece of art, which has kind of a first-person shooter vibe to it, based on the point of view, you can see you get a better look at Snake Eyes, who has a, again, you get a much closer look at that prosthetic leg. He's Mm -hmm. got a completely new design visor. It actually kind of resembles the Snake Eyes look from the Paul Aller book, which is a G.I. Joe kind of alternate universe. There's a slightly alternate view of that same tank, although pretty much exactly the same. And then we have uh, Scarlet on the left-hand side. That Scarlet looks great. None of this stuff seems heavily influenced by the classified line at all, which is surprising because I felt like they would really want to tie into that, but that Scarlet... Looks amazing.
0: It's a real good tribute to just good old version one Scarlet. I really want figures of both of these guys that you can see. Yeah. That's Snake Eyes with the orange and having, if you could get a prosthetic leg on there, that would be a really cool figure. It's a shame that the
1: G.I. Joe wording is so, it blocks a lot of stuff, but it does look more likely that that is a Cobra Trooper in the background. And I'm going to. Guess that in the upper left-hand corner, they're constructing a pterodrome Although the gun isn't exactly the same, the kind of the the rest of the design resembles a pterodrome Again, if I could maybe see what that was clamping onto, maybe I'd have a better look at it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this looks great, man. I mean, as far as concept art goes, it exceeds the the norm. Wizards of the Coast. You know, I don't know. The only thing I really know about Wizards of the Coast is we make magic the gathering yeah and a, and a whole lot of money for me yeah yeah but they specifically use the word digital so i think there's really only a couple of options here i think we're looking at a mobile game for tablets and phones or we're looking at a like a digital trading card game which is kind of that's kind of their mo i don't i don't think we're looking at a brand new actual video game because we just came off of operation blackout and it's just a little i think
0: it's probably just a little too soon for that and that's again that's really not wizards of the coast vibe yeah if it was if it was a video game they would have had to have been in the development at the same time at some point yeah you're absolutely right so i think we've probably got a brand new concept going here and it
1: looks like it's got a lot of radical new ideas and i, I will have to wait and see what else is happening but i am very interested in this i'm am excited to see what they're going to do with it this is almost certainly something that i will play i've I have there's a gi joe mobile game available right now it's pretty bad but i still play it from (laughs) time to time so i'm hoping that it'll be better than this if it's a i'm afraid that if it's a digital trading card style game like a tcg that it'll be kind of pay to play much like people that play magic the gathering online they buy digital cards to build their decks now like that's a uh, an insane concept to me but at the same time, the other half of my brain is like, "Yeah, but if it's GI Joe, you'll do it, right?" And of course, yeah, <laughs> and of course, I will. You're absolutely right. So, more to come on this,
0: but both of these pieces of concept art are pretty stunning, in my opinion. Yeah, they're really cool art. I mean, I'm excited to see. Like I said, hopefully, we get figures of it if if it does well, because both those characters we get good looks at. Both look really cool. Uh, next news, item comes to us from Deadline. Uh, they broke exclusive
1: news this week that Lady J was going to get her own live-action television series. Adrian Palicki just... Coincidentally happened to open our show today, but my understanding is that she will not be playing Lady J in this iteration, that they are trying to distance themselves from the previous G.I. Joe movie universe, and that <clears throat> this is supposed to probably tether in closer with the Snake Eyes movie. So, showrunner, this is Eric Oleson. He's the also the executive producer of uh, Carnival Row, which is another Amazon show, which I've never seen. Have you ever seen that? I have not. He did... Um, He was the head writer on Man in the High Castle, which is I have seen and is very good. yeah. And he was the showrunner for the third season of Daredevil. So that's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty good groundwork. And the quote pull from Deadline here is that the series will be a standalone story centered around Jay, which will also connect to the larger G.I. Joe universe. Um, There's been a bit of discussion regarding this. Some people are not happy that Lady J is kind of the main character of this. I personally don't have a problem with it, and I think it has a lot of potential. Kind of in my mind, the first thing I was visualizing as a a show that sort of like Alias, I don't know if you've ever watched Alias, where it's like all spy stuff and secret agenty. and I don't uh, think I have. Good show. And also, you have to think that if they want to tie it into the bigger G.I. Joe universe, We already know that Scarlet is in the Snake Eyes movie, so it would probably be a little too convoluted to try to do that as well. Uh, And they probably want enough freedom in a television series to, uh, to operate independently. A lot of people, and not unfairly, wanted to see the Chuckles story That is very well known from the G.I. Joe Cobra IDW run. They've been saying for a long time that it should be adapted for more of a multimedia project. But I'm not sure if Chuckles has the long-reaching effect that casual viewers would be into. Whereas Lady J... Who is really doesn't have enough of a backstory to be locked down and is still a popular character. Like, I know Lady J kind of gets sidelined by Scarlet and Baroness a lot, but she's still popular enough to pull a show like this and be popular. And I think that the ultimate hope is that people that are non-GHO fans would still watch this and be into it. And then maybe there will be, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the GHO Renegades cartoon, but the later GH Joe Renegades episodes... It would always be like they'd meet one character of the team, they'd help them out in an episode, and then they'd kind of be done. And, w- and then at the end of that run, they were. It was kind of implied that they were going to pull all those characters onto their team and build a gigantic, you know, network of GI Joes. And I like that idea. I think that that idea carries over, would carry over well to this, where individual episodes you would see characters that aren't maybe regulars, but would be, you know, just a little bit of way to kind of like. For true fans, you kind of get all these little nods. I have no idea how much Cobra will be involved and if they've already, you know, will there be specific Cobra villains? Maybe uh, Cobra Commander might be too big of a pull, so maybe they'll do something like, maybe she's fighting Destro, you know, like maybe Destro's the main villain. Mm -hmm. Or maybe Destro won't be grounded in reality enough for this show, which kind of is putting off a vibe that they don't want it to be too outlandish. So maybe they'll pick like a like a Tomaxers AMOT, because that would also tie back to the G.I. Joe Cobra series with Chuckles, where he was just basically like a guy in a suit that was a pretty big threat. So, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's I think this is great news, bottom line. Like I got a lot of speculation about it, but any G.I. Joe exposure is good exposure. Like, we don't we haven't got a lot of stuff like this. There hasn't been a GI Joe live action show ever for television. So this is a huge pull, and if it's successful at, to any degree, that's good for the brand,
0: bottom line. Yeah, I'm really hopeful for this. My wife is a really big fan of any show like NCIS, Criminal Minds, Law & Order, uh, any like crime procedurals, any uh, action shows. Like We watch most of the uh, MacGyver-type shows and things like that, so I'm like, I think this could be the thing that gets my wife... To watch a GI Joe or, you know, something like that with me. Yeah, that's actually a good point that I have my my wife also watches similar shows that
1: you that I wouldn't be caught dead watching. And
0: (laughs) but I think that she would
1: be into this. She watches stuff like I can't even right off the top of my head, I can't think of the name of that show that's on Amazon that has uh it's in the Tom Clancy universe and has the guy from the office. Oh,
0: Jack Ryan. Yeah,
1: yeah, Jack Ryan. Um, yeah, I love that show. So I would love a GI Joe show in that vein. So yeah, so that's kind of the vibe that I get initially is that it might have a lot of really uh, true like military grounding. Although I know that those shows exaggerate a lot, they're still more based in reality than what we know is GI Joe, which has got you know <laughs> yeah. weather dominators for and that type of thing. So again, it's still early phases of that. We'll have to just kind of. Wait and see what's to come. Uh, the only other thing that I have on our news docket is this new Mezco Destro figure that's getting ready to come out. You, what are your thoughts on this? Are, is did you see? Is this the first time you've seen this? Is today?
0: Uh, no, I saw it. Uh, I was I watch Mezco like I I see a lot of the stuff they do. I haven't jumped in yet, um, just because it's it's really hard to spend four to five times the amount on one figure. I've been close a few times on buying a, uh, a Mezco. Um, Just with a lot of them, it's hard to get them. To be honest, they don't normally sit around. So if you want to buy one, you have to kind of do it. And I've never been confident enough in the purchase mm-hmm. to buy one. I know that they. I mean, they just announced a whole bunch of lines. It's really weird because they're also doing a Power Rangers and you know quite a few other uh, properties that. You would not think of another toy company being able to make, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it, the figure itself looks good. I know there's a lot of people that love Mezco's. I do. I see a lot of people doing toy photography of Mezco figures, the 112 Collective, um, and they're beautiful. I mean, they're the quality is amazing. They're, they're posable. They don't have a bunch of seam lines because of the way they make it. You know, it's phenomenal. They normally come with really cool, uh, either light up effects or, you know, things of that nature, um, really highly accurate accessories. It's just nothing that I've got into. And I don't want to start getting into this one because I'm worried that they'll end up making a whole lot of these. What are your thoughts on
1: the idea that this is a, basically a second six inch line of GI Joe figures? Don't, does, do you think that's counterproductive to what they're trying to do with Classified? Like, they're basically competing against
0: themselves? I don't think so, just because a lot of people only collect Mezco's or only collect the other thing. I mean, I haven't seen an actual solicitation for it yet, but this is going to be probably $100 or so. You know, and to me, I don't look at those as competing because it's it's the same thing as like if you once you get up to like the Hot Toys level. They're so radically different. It's more of a... Like, I wouldn't be taking this out. Like, I wouldn't take it out and go outside and take pictures with it. I would not be playing with it. Whereas with the classified line, other than the Cobra Island figures, (laughs) I'm not worried about breaking them, because I know I'll eventually get another one if something happens. Um, Plus, I think that we've gotten so much of a demand, and there's been such a lull for a while on G.I. Joe, that seeing more takes and more iterations... Is going to be a good thing ultimately.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I have mixed feelings about this figure. I don't, I neither love it or hate it. I don't love the $100 price point, but that's never really held me back on something, you know, that I got to have. The only thing looking at this figure, you know, a lot of people were talking about it has two heads. And the head where he is like smiling has kind of uh, rubbed people the wrong way because it doesn't really express, it's not really a dextral expression that you're used to seeing it doesn't really mm-hmm. it's not really his demeanor and then also this you know popular continuity is that distro wears a mask so the mask would not reflect emotion like that but i think in the interest of emoting like in the cartoon he i mean really uh, in in most media a dude that's just wearing a mask that never moves his lips is boring mm-hmm. so in the cartoon that you know they. It basically, did react like this, and in the you know original Rise of Cobra movie that nobody likes, it was more well actually you know, and I'll back that up also in the IDW reboot, he it is not really a mask; it's more like a like a Terminator Two style metal liquid metal that like yeah. grafts to his face. I don't think it's too outlandish, and I do think the second head does look like a mask it's very non like there's no emotion really in it or not a substantial amount
0: yeah and there's like very sharp points on the cheeks and on the eyebrows Mm -hmm. that that one head looks a lot more like hey look this is going to be the traditional which and i think that's cool because i think it gives something for people
1: that are into the cartoon and, and then there are people that want a more authentic look the only thing that doesn't really like jive with me is that they use like a real cloth for his outfit and i'm not real familiar with mezco stuff but i'm not a big fan of that and it's like, It has like that gives it like a amigo feel mm-hmm. i don't know i got i gotta when they nail down the price point that will be a big factor and i do like it i just don't love it so
0: i gotta think about it some more i gotta look at this picture uh, over and over. Those the soft goods are cool. They you know that way you don't see the seams and stuff. They put that underneath. But it definitely I can see why you would think Migo. Um, I think this is going to be one of those things that will take off some of the frustration with the Classified line and the the Cobra Island line because if people think it's hard to get a hold of Cobra Island troopers and stuff like that, this is going to be a whole new ball game normally these things go up they go right back down and then they're immediately two three times the price which is you know on this thing you're talking probably anywhere from i i think probably reasonably 79 to 119 depending on what they pack it in with if that's all the accessories that we have is the two guns and the swappable heads then you know probably lower on the spectrum but these things are crazy uh and there's a dedicated fan base to it um you know mezco gets into a lot of different properties there's a lot of really cool figures that they do and it seems to only be a good addition to those other lines so i think that'll be the same way with this i'm excited to see uh but if i was going to buy a mezco i don't think destro would be the first one i did yeah, that's on top of the fact that we just got an announcement that Diamond Select is doing a Destro
1: statue, which I did pre-order because it looks great and it's cheap. It's like 49.99 and it's it's like high quality. It's not as large as this, but I didn't hesitate. Like I was like this looks great and I definitely want it and it was it was like a t- it's like 10 inches tall. So I'm kind of getting an overflow of Destro stuff for no apparent reason. That'll be another thing that I have to factor in. As I'm like, well, I just bought a, a, another Destro thing. I mean, I don't. There's nothing against Destro, but I don't want to be swimming in Destro stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, that's another one that I'm gonna to have to see a little bit more on. Just in the length of this conversation, mentally, I'm like, I'm probably gonna get this right, but I'm not really super excited about it. And that's not a slam at Mesco. I just. It just doesn't get me hyped up as much as not as much as that statue does. And there is one last thing I want to mention before we move on. And uh, that is that today, actually at the time of this recording, they announced a, uh, I might mispronounce this, but the kodobukiya Bishoujo series. That's almost certainly wrong. I
0: don't know. That was really good though. That's way better than I would have done.
1: So are you familiar with these? They do these like, it's like heavily anime influenced. Japanese, sort of like, not pinup up girls, but like uh, bombshell
0: mm-hmm. figures.
1: They've been doing a series of these for G.I. Joe. They did a Lady J. They did a Scarlet. They did a Baroness. And I own all three of them. I think they're great. They are they are really out there because they're taking a property that's never really been stylized this way, and they're re-envisioning it. And I get that that's not for everybody. So if you're out there like, these are dumb. Not, hashtag not my Lady J. Again. <laughs> then that's that's fine it's a, it's a, a very specific market of which i apparently i'm a part of they announced today that there's going to be a don marino who is the current snake eyes in the a real american hero continuity this will be the first official Second, you know, Snake Eyes 2 isn't the right word, but this will be the first official Dawn merchandise that's come out since Dawn was created. They didn't show the full image. They just have like a teaser image and it looks like it's probably not dated until 2022. So we've got quite a ways to go, but that's still pretty exciting. Uh, Unless you're just like so stuck in your ways with G.I. Joe. And I know a lot of fans out there are. I think Dawn is a cool character and I would love to have a Dawn figure Uh, almost of any scale. So so it is weird that this is the first thing that gets made, but Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing this full reveal and I will probably get it. And it, Dawn, it kind of lends herself more to this style of design than some of the other ones that's been made. So again, something we'll just have to kind of wait and see all this news is pretty Fresh, not a lot of super details. So, you know, we're just kind of speculating, but that's what we do best. <laughs> so that's the news. Let's move on to recent acquisitions. So what you have been buying,
0: Jared? Uh I went back and first off, I bought a couple uh, o ring figures, got a flak Viper. And I don't know why you can't ask me and I will not tell you. <laughs> uh, he, uh, I don't know. I found him. He was a pretty good deal. Solid. You know, um, body wasn't all busted up, and I thought he looked cool, so I bought him. Does he have his backpack? No, that's a shame. That's like a defining feature. Uh, I'll, I'll eventually track it down, probably. But no. So he, this was just the figure. Then I got a uh, muskrat, and he was complete. Um, I picked him up from Roma Collectibles. Here, there's our obligatory Roma Collectibles uh, mention. Someday they'll pay us. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the dream, right? no uh so i picked him up from from roma and i also picked up a sci-fi from roma so um you got that from their online store right correct
1: is yeah. that is that a version one muskrat with the green and the green
0: yes great figure
1: and but that green
0: green with the black uh kind of gear on them but that sci-fi is is not you already have an original sci-fi right or was this your first this was my first yeah so i put him so
1: also in green just of a different shade
0: yeah, he's badger green. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, which is why I bought him because I was like, you know what? He looks weird. The badger looks weird. I'm gonna put them together. Which, for all of you listening, I know how uh, how important the badger was to every single listener. Um, it is no longer with us. Oh yeah, you want to tell this story real quick? So, uh, so my kids had to get something out of my car, which just coincided with me having put the badger in my car for uh, for a photo shoot and it never made it my kids went to go get something out of the car and i don't know how it happened i don't think they did it on purpose but the badger got knocked outside of the car and then when i let my dogs out to go to the bathroom they found the badger first it was uh it was disappointing to say the least
1: maybe they thought it was a real badger and so they were like <clears throat> we gotta hunt it because it looks because yeah. <laughs> it looks just like one it's so identifiable
0: yeah, it's it's identical to a real life badger. So, um, uh, yeah, I am in the market for more badgers, which I already was, but now I need to replace one. So, uh, it was you know what it made it not even two episodes. <laughs> yep, a good long last fan. <laughs> it's been it's been out there for twenty years, and you destroyed it in forty eight hours. Yep. So I love the badger like probably no one else, and yet I ruined it. Yeah, so, you loved it to uh, pieces. <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, I've still got it. I picked up every single piece I could find like I was going to do something with it, but there's no saving it. <laughs> just, just, i just, might give it a proper barrel. You'll eventually that's, that's the least
1: you can do. <laughs> All
0: right. You got anything else in recently? Uh Dude, I've got so many things in recently. Uh If you want to take a, a shot for a bit or I can keep going, <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit. Okay. So right. Um, I did get my classified Cobra
1: Troopers in from Big Bad Toy Store. That was the only thing I ordered from them and it's the only thing of this wave that came in. I regret not pre-ordering that Zartan, because I still don't have it in my hand, despite having it pre ordered at probably three other locations. But I guess that's just kind of the way it is nowadays, you never know. I didn't I haven't opened it up or anything yet, because I did have the I did get some from the Target wave also, but I obviously if you're gonna Troop build, this was the way to do it. So I haven't done a comparison or anything yet because I honestly, I'm not, I don't get tied down by that type of thing. They have less accessories. That's fine. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm not, no, not Mm -hmm. a big deal. I also, I mean, most of the stuff I've been buying is is really out there. Um, I will say that (laughs) I don't know, there's like a, a bug going around or something, but probably, I don't know, probably prior to us going to Winterfest, I ordered a a, a manta which is like a little surfboard type thing from mm-hmm. from early on in the series i might have mentioned this before but i'm really looking at smaller vehicles from the first two years of the set because i don't have a lot of that stuff because it's easy to overlook them honestly but where we're gonna be doing reviews of figures and vehicles i was like well i should start at the beginning and fill in some gaps anyway so i bought a manta a long time ago didn't I haven't even still haven't got it out of the package yet because we were moving and i had, don't have anywhere to display it yet. Well, not even, I don't even, just maybe less than four weeks ago <laughs> on What's on Show Mind, uh, the honcho Mark Weber was like, Hey, I got a Manta in. And I was like, Oh, man, that's that's wild. I just got, I had I just got one as well. Well, then our good friend Steven Jever over at G.I. Joburg, he got a gift package to sit in, had a Manta in it. <laughs> I thought, Well, Man, I should have talked about mine first because I'm going to seem like a big copycat. <laughs> um, but so I did get a manta in. Um, I haven't put it together yet. It is complete and it's pretty cool. I mean, like, it's just a little surfboard with a gun on it, but I like it a lot. And I'm looking forward to having, getting more pieces from that era together to make a pretty cool little display out of. I have two other things that I picked up that I want to talk about, and they're both kind of oddballs. I found a gentleman. His name is Nathan Ohlendorf, and he has been making these vintage-style G.I. Joe heads that look like the classified figures but are made for three-and-three-fourths figures uh, with the ball joint and everything. And I'll have some images of those up on our YouTube channel in case you're just listening and you want to take a look at them. They are very good. They capture the style of what Classified is kind of going for, but it's perfectly compatible with original vintage figures. My, the only complaint I have is that I bought these, and I, I guess I should say also that there are five of them. There's a Scarlet, there's a Snake Eyes, there's a Duke, there's a Roadblock, and there's a Destro. My original envisioning was I'm going to buy an extra old vintage figure, and then I'm going to put these heads on it to just to kind of modernize the way it looks. Well, what I didn't factor in is that every one of those figures I just named is pre-ball joint. The, like the first two-ish years, mm. they only looked left and right. And it's a completely different way that it sets up. The ball joint was what gave it a little bit more mo- mobility, is, a, is an improvement, won't fit on any of those without some severe modifications. And that's not, there are Dukes and Roadblocks that are went to ball joint. There isn't a Scarlet because there's only version one Scarlet and the Ninja Force Scarlet, which is a travesty because it has like kung fu grip kicking action and you basically have to (laughs) destroy it to get it apart or boil it or something. So that kind of leaves me in a weird position where I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do with them, but I really like them. I don't regret buying them. Just have to figure out a different way to use them. So I got that and... I mean, I think they're good. I just, I got to do some brainstorming on that. And then the last thing I got was uh, a full force was running a news thing and they shared this thing. I've never heard about it. I do not have proper information on it, but this gentleman's name is Toyfinity and it looks like he makes his own products and there's a lot of like robot themed creations. Well, he threw up this cross promotion where he's making a character from the Robo Force is what it's called. And this character's name is Max Max. Something. And this particular crossover is called Max Flash, and basically, it's a robot that has the color scheme of v- version one Flash from the GI Joe universe. And I'm a sucker for this stuff, buddy. I always, <laughs> I always am like, oh, okay, that'll look great, and just I don't know, there's something crazy about it. So uh, I picked this up. It came in today. And what this picture doesn't show is that there was actually... There's a ton of customization to it. It's practically DIY. He has legs, but then they also... He also comes with an interchangeable, like, motorized treads that you can put in place of his legs. A bunch of other parts. I haven't even begun to figure out, like, where they go and what they do. But I... I mean, yeah, I think it's great. It's shipped right away. It looks really cool. It's one of those odd things I'll put in my case with all the other unusual G.I. Joe adjacent properties. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing I'll say before I hand it back to you is I did buy that. <laughs> I bought the GameStop exclusive Funko Pop lunchbox that they were selling online, which has a couple of like, knickknacks. It has two Funko Pops, one Transformers, one G.I. Joe, a sticker, a keychain, some buttons, and there's two different ones. They're They're random, but there's a Duke a Cobra commander, an Optimus prime and a Megatron. And there's an unboxing. Don't you
0: spoil it for me. There's
1: an unboxing video that's live right now on our YouTube channel that you can go watch and you can see which one I got. And it was, it's cool. Actually, the lunchbox is fantastic, but yeah, check that out. If you have time, it's only like, it's a very short, it's like less than 10 minutes. It's a good,
0: it's a good watch. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't spoil it, because I still haven't watched it yet. I want to know. I'm invested in this. And that's pretty much all I've got that I can remember.
1: Got a lot of different stuff cooking, and I'm watching a lot of different stuff, but it's been, I've been buying a lot of G.I. Joe adjacent stuff, and I need to get, oh, actually, we'll get back to this in a minute, but I did buy some other stuff, but that's going to, we're saving that for the main the main session. Is there anything else that you've got that you want to talk about?
0: Uh, Yeah, I picked up a couple uh, Black Major figures. Uh, those were my first experience. I don't think I had talked about them on the podcast yet. Uh, I got a couple of the Renegades figures from a friend. Uh, I got the, it's a Ripcord and a Cobra Trooper from Renegades. Pretty cool. Um, the, the my favorite thing that I've purchased recently as a, uh, as a pick me up since the Badger died is, uh, I got a Barracuda. Oh, nice. Not the first time you've been talking about this. It's not? Talked about one to Barracuda
1: for a little bit, I believe. Oh,
0: wanting one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought this was the first time I talked about buying one, but yeah. So I got that in. It's pretty cool. I like it. I like the little missile launcher on top. I haven't got it in the water yet, but I will. I'm going to take a little bath, you know, <laughs> fill it up, and we'll, we'll go in there. Um, I picked up that terrible Duke from the Retro Collection where he's yelling at me. Oh, yeah. He's still yelling at me right now. Um, got a couple, uh, I ordered a, uh, snake eyes commando head. So eventually I'll share some pictures of that when it comes in, uh, with my extra snake eyes, make it into a commando snake eyes. Think it'll look cool. Um, and then, uh, buddy hit me up and gave me a few things. And then I've since given them now to you, uh, a couple of the things, a couple of my kept, a couple of them I gave to you. So I got a 12 inch action pilot so that's my 12 inch joe i now have one yay yay me have you did Uh, you do any research on that do you know like what year that came out it was pretty it was uh it was like the 25th anniversary oh okay i think it's the stamp that it has on it no 50th anniversary sorry not 25th
1: okay so it is pretty recent
0: yeah and it was actually a target exclusive so, <laughs> that's ironic. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh cool. So that was probably picked up there. What's your feeling on that? I like it. Uh for some reason I don't know what it is. Um when I first opened it, because I'm an opener, um, all the fake leather was like sticky. Hmm. Like it was sealed, but it was sticky. I don't know if it's the weather that was it was when it was out, it was kinda cold. That did it. I don't know really what happened. But it's kind of sticky. And it was weird. But now it's fine. So, um, I like it. I actually really like it more than I thought I would. The 12-inch Joes. I might end up picking up a couple more. Um, but nothing that's going to be, like, super valuable. It's just going to be, like, things that I think look cool. Maybe, like, some World War II ones. Because I've got some of the Marauders World War II. So, might pick up a couple World War II, uh, 12-inch Joes. Uh, I got the Retro Fang, um... Then the other thing that I uh, I got from my friend is uh, a box for a whale. Yeah, so
1: a uh, pretty great gift, uh, just speaking personally. I, the whale, like I would think most people, is a very highly regarded vehicle. And I have a whale that is in pretty good shape. It's not 100%. Very few things that I own are 100%. But it's in very good shape. And I bought it probably within the last five years and had done a little bit of work on it since then it does have like all the the veins which are really hard to keep intact and so the valuable stuff is there and is a vehicle that i had as a kid uh my grandmother ordered it for me with like flag points back in the day through the mail order catalog and and i loved it and justifiably so every kid probably loved it the well is amazing i don't have a lot of vintage boxes at all i think i have a parasite in the box which is a bizarre vehicle and i have (laughs) a i bought a the tactical battle platform a long time ago. I mean, as an adult, but still a long time ago. And it included the box, and I've, I've held on to that. But for the most part, boxes are hard to justify for the price point, and until you really have the room to do something with it, don't, don't really have a good place in, a, in the average person's collection, I wouldn't think. So this is like a great find for me. I'm like, in my mind, going to put it behind the actual Evercraft when I have room to set it up. The box itself is... Uh, It's not in great shape, but for its age, it's not doing bad. It has some tape on it that's probably going to have to live there forever. It did have the original $19.97 price tag on it. (laughs) And honestly, as someone that doesn't come across stuff like this, I think we were both kind of taken aback by how large that box is. Yeah, Um, I mean, the shelf space on that is tremendous. But I mean, I know the well is a large vehicle. You just nowadays, it seems like they break it down as much as they can and make you assemble it. But more the better, because that means it'll be a more impactful display piece because of the size. And then the other thing that she gave me that I actually wasn't expecting was there's an old 80s walkie talkie system that was a toy, which I don't know if I mentioned this when we talked about it earlier, but I had this as a kid. Um, oh really? Yeah, that's I awesome. I don't remember. I like I haven't looked at this one to remember how it works. If it, if they come apart and you hand off the walkie talkies, but I did have this as a child and played with it quite a bit outside with my r- regular toy guns, and I I don't know. I had a stick that looked a lot like a gun that I used a lot. It's that's a. Weird thing to say out loud, but it's a very authentic memory of mine that I found a stick that sh- was shaped very, very similar to a gun, and I used it all the time. <laughs> if you asked me to draw it right now, I could. I, haven't, I mean, it's a stick. I haven't seen it in freaking 30 years. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are great. And we kind of had a – basically it was like a little unauthorized trade because I gave you uh, that, an extra Cobra Commander from the classified mm-hmm. series I had, and I had I gave you some comics that I don't know how – uh, there were duplicates that came into my possession. and Oh, and I ordered a, a dog for you from Marauder's Task Force to yeah. go with your law. Um, so anyway, that's what we've been getting in. It probably won't be like this because I don't buy that much stuff in a two-week period. So we might have more time to talk it out. But
0: although who knows, our next one we might
1: have gone toy hunting. So it just depends. Man, <laughs> I go through I go through phases where I'm like, I want to buy a bunch of real cheap twenty dollar vehicles and really bulk up my collection. And mm-hmm. then sometimes I'll be like, I really want. I don't have a general, which is a very expensive uh, vehicle, and one of the you know on my checklist of real big GI Joe things to get, it's up there. So sometimes I'm like, I'm just gonna save up just by the general. But so I don't <laughs> know. You never know what it's. And what I'm looking at at any given moment. So anyway, that's recent acquisitions. Now we're going to move into the final part of the show, uh, which is kind of like just general conversation. But I do I did bring something specific to the table because uh, I've been going through a pretty big phase with restoration and reproduction parts. So, Jaren, we talked a little bit about this uh, a few weeks back that reproduction parts are... Controversial, I think, is the appropriate word because, well, actually, let me give you a little prerequisite. If you're a new, I sometimes forget that we have new, truly new collectors that might not understand what's what. And so it's important that I uh, explain it to the best of my ability. G.I. Joe is old. (laughs) And. A lot of stuff that is smaller is lost forever and becomes rarer and rarer to find. And especially with the advent of 3D printers, people have been able to start duplicating these parts to a degree that is usually virtually unrecognizable without a master's degree in G.I. Joe knowledge. So I've got a lot of stuff that's incomplete, which I've mentioned before, and I work on a fairly limited budget for the most part. So reproduction parts for me are like a key way for me to have a display that is complete without breaking the bank. And I can give you several examples of stuff that I've purchased very recently. Like a big, a big topic is the original version of one firefly it came with a walkie talkie. This walkie talkie, if you've never seen it is tiny. I mean, it would fit on your pinky nail. It's very small. Didn't connect to anything as easily a lost piece. But also because it was not something that the average kid would place a lot of value on. So it would get tossed to the side or lost in the carpet and then vacuumed up and then it's gone. So a Firefly walkie-talkie worth a lot of money. An authentic one. But I managed to get a duplicate or a reproduction part for, I don't know, five bucks. And I got a slew of stuff like that, where I got a version 1 Cobra Commander gun, I got a Destro version 1 gun, I got a Zartan version 1 gun. I just discovered last week as I was putting together my display case of my straight arm figures that Rock and Roll's machine gun has a little bipod on it, which of course I don't have. So I've managed to find one of those. And all that's great. I'm I'm very happy with that. My collection is, I mean, I play with my toys, but I my purpose is to build a display where everything can be out and about and be as complete as possible as I continue to work over, over time. There's a strong vocal division in the community that repro parts are not okay for various reasons. And I think there is one reason that does hold water, and that is using a repro part and selling it as an authentic part and making a lot of money. And that's a justified issue with reproduction parts. I mean, it it's real. It happens for sure. And you again, like I said, sometimes it's so impossible to tell the difference between the two that you might not know it until you actually have it in your hand. I would mm-hmm. I could buy a repro part. I could have repro parts in my collection that I don't even know are repro parts because you'd have to investigate every little piece. And you had mentioned. That, you know, that the original old school Kenner Star Wars figures, you know, that there were reproductions of those things as well, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's, you've got to, there's justification on both sides of this. I think reproduction parts are great, and I'm all in on it. But with, and especially when you make it to be one for one with the original, it does add a bit of cloudiness to the intent. Do do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can definitely understand from the, uh, as a new GI Joe collector, um, I well first off I'm not gonna get got by this because I'm not gonna spend that much money. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I was, I'd be pretty bummed to find out that the thing I bought is fake. Um, but I mean every I mean every day, probably not every day now, but you know, every little bit we're losing original pieces. We're, I mean, I just killed a badger, you know, like, <laughs> and that's that's one less badger out there in the world. You know, some people the, some people might say that's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but you know, we, you there has to be a way to get things to just not have the ability to get uh, you know an accessory to complete something. It's it's I mean it's it's demoralizing. It makes you not want to collect, and you're gonna you know it's gonna make you not want to keep up with it. You're not gonna want to invest in the line as heavily. Um, you know, like when I was looking for an original Boba Fett, I was like, I want one with the gun, but I didn't care if it was repro or not. I just wanted it to look like the original gun. I didn't want to give it some random blaster from a random figure. I wanted it to be the correct one, but I don't care necessarily that that's there. As long as the figure itself is original, I'm fine with it. Um, all the accessories you can put repro for me, I don't really care that much. Um, but like I said, I can understand why people wouldn't want this to be a thing. Um, I wish there were a way to make it more easily accessible and I wish people weren't crappy and tried to take advantage of people, but you know, it's one of those things that if you're going to put that much money into something, you know, you're going to have to do some serious research.
1: Yeah, and I think there are bigger examples of this out there as well. For example, Black Major, who we've already talked about, makes great figures in Old old Vintage style. And he made a Starduster figure. And he made it in a bunch of different versions that never existed before. There was a Tiger Force Starduster. There was a Night Force Starduster. There was a lot of cool Stardusters. But there was also a regular Starduster. And this doesn't bother me as much because... Black Major puts one key element in all of his figures that's unique and that is that the rivets specifically in the elbows are placed backwards. So if you know that, then you know what to look for and you can kind of spot a facsimile out in the wild. Now, I'll acknowledge that not everybody is going to know that and you could get duped. But also, simultaneously, Black Major figures are not of the same quality of an original Hasbro release. Mm -hmm. If somebody put a regular starduster and a black major starduster in my hand blindfolded, I could tell you which one is the black major because they just don't move quite the same way. That's not a slam on black major. It's just, that's just part of the production process because I love like major stuff. And I absolutely do. But again, it falls under that kind of shady umbrella of there is an opportunity for deception with that. Um, let me give you a couple of other examples of things that fall under reproduction and reconstruction that, and I'd like to get your opinion on it because this is all stuff that I'm dealing with right now. For example, carded figures right now, uh, maybe it seems like maybe now more than ever, how are experiencing uh, degrading O-rings. If you're not familiar with an O-ring, it's the small rubber band that holds a vintage figure together. And they are essentially all on a timer. These are figures that are put in sealed environments, essentially have never been open touched, or played with, but yet still that, Rubber band O ring has disintegrating over time, so now you start to see a lot of carded, very old, very valuable figures that are loose. <laughs> That's it. Like they don't, they're not t- held together mm-hmm. at all, which immediately impacts the value considerably. So that mentality, I think, should be kind of spread across the entire collection. That there, it's all going to kind of degrade over time, and. If you put too much on the value of your collection, you are limiting your own ability to enjoy it more or less. Uh, it doesn't bother me that my Firefly's walkie-talkie is a duplicate or a farce. If you prefer, mm-hmm. it b- does bother me that I, if I that I can't display him the way he was meant to be, like in a complete state. Okay, let me delve into something else. Uh, I've been working on restoring my USS Flag which is a lifetime thing to work on. It's a project that I've been working on for a decade for seriously. Cause I got mine in a pretty big state of, uh, it needed a lot of work when I picked it up and over time I've built it up to become, it's pretty, it's in pretty good shape. I've replaced a lot of things. I've bought a lot of small pieces here and there. I've built it up to become, it's not complete still, but it's getting pretty close Close enough that I started to look at pieces that are missing for it that are so valuable, it's outlandish to consider buying an original one. And if you own a USS flag, you probably know that I'm talking about the fantail railing. Fantail railing is a small piece of railing that goes kind of underneath the USS flag on the end of it. And that's it, that's just a rail piece that's supposed to keep your GI Joes from falling into the water while you're moving. <laughs> And it's very easily lost. It probably broke off pretty easily. I don't think I've ever seen a real one. Well, I found a dude that made one, so I bought it. And it turns out he made a lot of stuff, so I bought a lot of stuff. I bought those little radio antennas that are commonly missing. I found he makes a chair for the little toe thing that goes on the USS flag. There are little clips that go into the board of the flag that hold it together that are completely... You, you don't even really know they're there and are very expensive to get authentic ones. <laughs> so I bought some 3d printed ones just for the structuring issues of it. I could go on and on. I mean, I probably bought oh, um, my flag is 10 to 15%. Not off, not original anymore. How much does that affect the value of the flag? I don't know I, I, because I never, I've, will they will bury me with it so who cares (laughs) um well and so okay so let me shy away from that because we've talked a lot about reproduction parts a lot let me talk about some other elements in restoration and reproduction that have are kind of in a gray area and one of the other things i'm trying to do to to restore my flag is i bought a a repro set of stickers to replace all the stickers on it if you've ever owned a vintage gho thing that has a sticker on it you know that they're They get dirty. They peel off. They don't stay. They weren't applied right. in to begin with, there's a lot of residue there. It's It's a lot of work to keep one looking authentic permanently. My flag is no exception. My flag is wrinkly. It's missing stickers. It's gross. So I thought I'll peel these off. I'll clean this up. I'll get a fresh set of stickers and it will look very good as a result. Am I doing something deceptive in this process because they're not original stickers? and there's no right i don't think there's a right answer to this frankly because i'm i'm making all de- my decisions on what i want for my collection you know I, there's i'm if anybody sells my flag it again will be after i'm dead and that's on my family <laughs> they can they can take the ebay feedback <laughs> for selling a deceptive flag um, but i don't consider that to i don't think that that's a true offense i think what you're doing is and kind of improving it overall. Let me give you another example. I have a Sky Striker, an original Sky Striker, which I've never owned in complete state, and it is trash. I bought it at a steal from a dude, and it's yellowed beyond compare. Plastics of this era that are made in white, when exposed to heat over time, they start to turn yellow, just like your old Super Nintendo will <laughs> uh, or, or your Storm Shadow. Any whites based on this plastic kind of have a shelf life if they're not really well taken care of. So recently, after I've, after my daughter has been flying this thing around the house and banging it up for at least six months, I thought, man, I, I'm going to try to restore this. And there is a well-known, established restorative process for for these types of things, so whites specifically, and it involves, in short, you put it in a plastic container, you put this this Salon Forty bleach on it or around it, and the fumes. If I'm the science on this might be off, but as I understand it eat away a microscopically thin layer of that plastic. And it reveals like the whiteness underneath a layer that has not been exposed to the harshness of our outside world. Mm -hmm. And it looks brand new. Now, again, that's, you are causing destruction to a vintage piece in the name of the integrity of it, making it look way better. And for all intents and purposes, I don't know that you could tell that that's been done
0: is that a bad thing to do. Yeah, that's one of those slippery slopes, but like especially with the flag, the the parts that you're missing, they're not there. There's you know, it's not like there's a warehouse sitting there with a bunch of flag parts that they're just like, well, we'll eventually put this out on market. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things that the supply is so low. The odds of someone having just the exact pieces that you're missing, not very likely. The the stickers as well. It's not like anyone bought a flag, built a whole flag, and then was like, mm, I don't want to use any of the original stickers. You know, you're know, you not going to find original stickers. Um, but I think really the biggest thing about this whole thing is if you're doing this for pieces of your personal collection, I don't think that you owe it to anyone to explain it to them. You know, These are things that you want, and it's for your collection, and you have it. Mm-hmm. If you want to use reproduction parts, more power to you, especially if that helps you complete something. Um, now, it's different if you were going out and you were doing all these things and then trying to pass it off as original and you're doing it just to sell it. And then it's, I mean, just egregious and terrible. But I think as long as you're doing it for your own collection, more power to you. I think it's a it's great. And I can't wait to play with your flag. I mean,
1: I, I guess I should say that this is not something that I struggle with because I've been buying repo parts for a long time. And it's pretty much my only avenue like this is it i either don't have a complete flag ever or i'll or i'll do this and and i think that it kind of will it lengthens the lifespan of the line which is already kind of stretching it to survive as people let their badgers get eaten up by dogs (laughs) so yeah <laughs> yeah, so I do I do think it's I think it's interesting and I, I would love to hear from the our listeners like what are your thoughts on repro? Do you have repro parts in your collection? You know, do you think it's a good thing for the brand or do you think it, you know, because it waters down the value of parts over time, that it's more trouble than it's worth? So yeah, well I'll we'll, I'll keep you updated on that as I continue to restore that. I have no idea how this cast striker is going to turn out, but I uh, have nothing to lose because it has nothing on it. It is a wreck. <laughs> so that's going to do it for us. I want to take a moment and thank all the other great G.I. Joe podcasts that are out there. If you have, if you are not listening to G.I. Joe Berg, Order of Battle, What's in Joe Mind, Talking Joe, Joe on Joe, uh, Longbox Crusade, uh, those guys are all putting out great content that I listen to and you should too. And thanks to psycho drive in for hosting us on the regular and promoting us. Um, and that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you have feedback on the way that the format was changing, uh, feel free to write in and let us know if there's something that you'd like to be included in these episodes, I'm all ears. Uh, give it to us and we'll see what we can do. We'll make this content not just for ourselves, but to share with you guys and connect with other collectors in the community. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us here next time where anything's available for discussion here on Anything Joe.